Welcome to life, 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 life in, in, in space. space. Today's subject, I actually written an, like an article. It's my first article I think I've uh, ever written. I spent a lot of time on this, and actually the uh, the whole origin of this article was is I have this book that I write all my ideas down, and I do like drawings and stuff like that in there. And this book, uh, I just uh, kind of think of things that are interesting to me, maybe things about video games and uh, synthesizers and stuff like that. And uh, I came up with this idea. I don't know where it even came from. It just, I, I've been playing this game called Fortnite for like the past uh, like two and a half weeks. And I started noticing like uh, changes like in what I was doing, spending my time and uh, things like that, my attitude and whatnot. So I just kind of sat down and I started thinking just really deep about like what they were uh, implementing in the game and things like that. And so uh, I came to the conclusion to just like write something about it. And this, uh, this book I was writing in, I, I, I tried to uh, organize my thoughts really, really well as well. So that way everything kind of uh, laid out in a orderly fashion and all, and all that. And eventually I actually wrote a really nice, uh, actually like a six page article that I'm uh, kind of proud of, actually. It's really cool. I, I actually put it up on my uh, my Discord, so anybody that wants to read it, they can go there and read it as well. Uh, the article is a thesis by myself, audio surgeon. I call myself Dr. Audio Surgeon in this article. And uh, basically, uh, I ended up writing this article called Our Virtual Goods Today's Baggage. And I wanted to look into this as kind of like a uh, like an idea of what I think that they are doing and implementing into video games and how this might be affecting the uh, the human psyche and all that. So uh, what I'll do is I'll go through it, I'll talk about it, I'll uh, give my opinions and my thoughts on it, maybe break it down a little bit more. I'll go and expand on this as well, because the last time I actually uh, was on the podcast, I was talking about uh, Fortnite, and that was actually the last subject. So this is kind of like an, like an expanded version of this. And um, so basically, like I said, I, I just went a little deeper and I kind of like wanted to pick into the, uh, the video game realm here and uh, maybe make a point or something like that. Maybe talk about it. Maybe, uh, you know, you'll have an idea about like what you think about it. And uh, like I said, uh, we could talk about it on Discord and stuff like that. But uh, basically, I started off as my thesis, uh, our virtual goods today's digital baggage. And uh, I'll go ahead and read this. And then, uh, like I said, I'll expand on it. I'll stop. Maybe I'll talk about it some more. But uh, we'll go ahead from the top here. Virtual currency equals more stuff in games. To say it frankly, these games in today's time and standards sell you junk. And while you think you're gaining something in, in value, you're just collecting digital baggage. In my theory, this could impact your well-being and psychological thinking, including your mood and attitude. 
Video games have been slowly doing this so-called cosmetic and pay-to-play structures to keep the player hooked and which can result to unhealthy addictive behaviors. With online play and collective participation, players do in fact give themselves validation for these addicting habits. From what I have seen in the games, players encourage each other to keep playing by interacting in social activities online, such as hanging, hangouts and games or participating in activities usually done in real-life situations. And in this article, my focus will be in the popular title, Fortnite by Epic Games, which is available on every platform from PC, Mac, iOS, Android, Xbox, PlayStation, and even the Nintendo Switch. These are my observations on playing the game Fortnite and mostly my opinion. Therefore, I made my thesis a focus on our virtual goods, today's digital baggage. And just to start off, uh, again, like I said, everything that I talk about is my opinion and solely my opinion. Uh, I'm not getting information from anybody else. This is just things that I observed, things that I want to talk about and things like that. But. Uh, I, I do refer to a few things in here. Uh, I do give uh, a couple accreditations to some uh, facts I found online. But uh, like I said, just keep in mind that it's my opinion. And uh, if you think the same way, maybe you'll agree. If you don't, you don't. So digital baggage in games, what is it? Real currency is turned into virtual currency, which is then used to purchase digital goods such as cosmetic applications to your in-game character. In some games, it can also be used to purchase advantages over other players in online games. People with the disadvantages can buy perks to gain levels faster. And so basically, like I said, I'm focusing on the game Fortnite. Uh, there are other games, though, uh, online that you can purchase perks to take advantage or gain experience or different things faster than the other players as well. But in this particular case, Fortnite is mostly, well, actually, it's, it's all cosmetic. Nothing that you're buying in the game is actually going to give you an advantage over anybody. And so basically, they sell you uh, different character skins. They sell you different moves and postures and different movements. Uh, there's different songs that you can have in the main titles, different uh, basically like backgrounds and things like that. They're just basically like things that back in the day when you would buy a video game, they would have maybe like a credits area. And those areas would be where the, uh, the game developer put like their extras or certain things like unlockables and whatnot. And uh, today in this uh, free-to-play game era, they have kind of taken those extras and turned them into purchasable goods. And that's what I call the digital goods, or basically digital baggage, in a sense. Like, the way I look at it is if you have a lot of things in your house, you kind of have that uh, baggage, like, oh man, I have like all this stuff, I have to make sure like that I take care of it, doesn't get stolen by somebody, I have to make sure that I upkeep a lot of these things. And so, like, I, like as in the term baggage, I, I'm talking about things you collect, things you acquire. So why is this misunderstood? And uh, younger players uh, may confuse these things for monetary and value or for validation by their peers who play these games. These items are advertised to be exciting and attractive so the player is encouraged to purchase them through their journey of emotions that are relative to the game. This is done with violence, sexual content, uh, inducing dramatic situations, hype, and humor. Okay, so if that's the case, why do we participate? 
The most common explanation or phenomena is the fear of being left out or missing out on something others are talking about or socializing about at school or work. In fact, the target age group for Fortnite is between the ages of 18 through 24, which make up 63% of the players. But my opinion, I believe most players are much younger. In my past experiences playing online, most players in the voice chat sound as if they're in grade school or even younger than that. And my, I, I've even seen out in public in the, uh, when I go shopping and things like that, a lot of kids have tablets or phones, and I'm sure that the, it's the parent's phone. Uh, I mean, if you're giving your kid that's like six or seven years old a phone or a tablet, I think that's kind of uh, out there. But uh, a lot of kids that are on these phones and tablets are actually playing Fortnite. I see them. I see that the game is actually being played on the phone. So I think that's kind of funny. Uh, but that's what's interesting about this platform. Like I said, it's everywhere. So at any moment, you can actually be playing this game. It doesn't matter if you're home, if you're on the road, if you're at school, uh, if you're at work even. So they offer this platform. It's a multi-platform game. In fact, I believe it is even cross-platform. So uh, the amount of players that are online, it's divided into all these different subgroups like PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. But they can cross-play and have friends and things like that on other platforms and play along with them. As far as I understand, that's how it works. And a lot of these games are going to that because they want to get as many people in these games as possible. So by offering multi-platform and people that can have cross-play, so if you've got an Xbox and your friend has a PlayStation, they can still play together. So why is it uh, successful? By offering platforms that are wide, widely accessible and free, game companies can advertise much easier and, and also include private promotional materials through the game. Trends also play a big role in something that is popular, such as social media, music, and movies. So who can turn down a free game? I mean, right? Especially since it's on every electronic device in the market. So what is the future of this new medium? Uh, in my opinion, more gaming companies are going to be mimicking these tactics and expressing more of these uh, pay-to-play pl platforms to the general gamer. Uh, because it's been proven to be to, to work and it's big money. Uh, big money is being made to attract new customers as well. Fortnite made $1.8 billion in 2019. And that's actually down 28% from 2018. So we're talking really big money. So uh, how do they get all these people on these games? And that's what I try to figure out since the advertising and all that, it's obviously working. But they also use hype. And so what is hype? Hype, generating hype is what these businesses do best. By creating hype around things like new emerging artists and advertising their music in the game on their platforms, from an advertising point of view, this could be very valuable because uh, of the high number of players that may or will see this. Ad space equals money for the game companies and well-spent money in advertising with major results for the artists. Just like radio or TV ads from the past, this will just be a new form which has been proven to work in entertainment businesses. Fortnite has spent just under $100 million in advertising in the past year. 
And by advertising things too, like uh, I wanted to mention, uh, my last focus on my podcast was actually when I was playing Fortnite, they actually put you into like this big music video, this thing that was happening. Uh, again, I won't mention any artists, but there are actually some more upcoming uh, music performances and so-called like music videos that, the, that they're going to do. And uh, they actually have a lineup. Uh, I think there's like three new artists that are going to be put, putting their albums and their music onto Fortnite. So basically what you do is you log into Fortnite. Uh, they'll be telling you that there is an event coming up. And in my experience, when I logged in, I actually couldn't play the game. They wanted me to go directly to this live event. And uh, so it didn't give me a choice. You know, and of course, you could say, oh, well, I could just come back to the game later. I could try it again the next day. But I wanted to play at that moment. So uh, in order to play the game, I went into this music video thing. They started uh, off the game like you normally would. You basically jump out of this big bus. Uh, you go down, land on the ground. You pick up some uh, guns and stuff. And then you kind of just, uh, at first, you don't really know what's happening. But you can battle it out with a different team. There's two different teams. And so you kind of play the game as it is. You just kind of like battle it out. You have two teams, uh, two big, large teams, by the way. And you just battle it out. And there's this big stage that was in the, bit, like, in the middle of the ocean, this little ocean area. And so eventually we all end up on this big platform. You can't shoot each other anymore. They take all the, uh, the guns away. And then it, uh, basically this music starts playing. There's this whole you know, visual aspect. All these things start happening. You kind of wonder, whoa, what's going on? And so basically uh, you're a part of like, this big music video. It then uh, has this guy dancing around, rapping. He's uh, you know, basically singing this rap song that he's trying to promote. And then the world starts changing. The colors are getting more vibrant. It's more colorful. It's really interesting. You know, of course, uh, any kid that would have seen this would have been mind blown. I'm just telling you right now, okay? Uh, the visual effects were really cool. And I was actually playing this on the, on the Nintendo Switch, which is the lower of all the consoles. And it, the graphics were really, really good. So they, they put an enormous amount of money into this. I mean, just to get the programming and the 3D, all that stuff, in order to put this in a game, it had to cost a lot of money. So whoever was advertising their song in this must have paid Fortnite a, a lot of money in order to get it on there because I imagine that's the way it would work because they're trying to use their platform to push a product. And um, so basically this music video goes on for like about, I think it was like about eight or ten minutes. And uh, so that was my experience with that. I never seen this in a video game. This is the first time I ever seen anything like this in a video game. And I know in the past I've actually seen like goofy little advertisements and things like that in games. And I know that like uh, EA games, they uh, advertise certain things in the sports games. They promote certain products and things like that. That actually ends up in the game, or it's just like a little advertisement, just to make it look like you're actually really in a sports event or something like that. But uh, this, I'm not sure what to think about it. Is it over the top? Is it, you know, just right in the realm that we're looking at that this is the future and this is the way things are going to be? Uh, it's hard to actually say and it's hard to put your finger on it unless you actually witness it or see it for the first time. And uh, maybe for a kid, they're, they're, they're going to misinterpret what it is and they will be, you know, really, really into it or something like that. But as, as an adult, you kind of see what's happening. You know, it's the same trick that they pull in entertainment, you know, with the advertising and all that. But uh, I just thought it was weird. You know, uh, again, I'm not knocking Fortnite. I actually do enjoy playing the game. It's kind of fun. It's, you know, if I have a minute or two that I want to waste, I, I go on Fortnite, I guess, or any other game that kind of does the same thing. 
But uh, again, I actually have been playing games for like 30 years now. I think I'm about like 34, 35 right now. I'll be, thir- be 35 in sep- uh, sometime around the next few months or so. But, uh, but w- I-, I started playing games like really early. I think like around like four or five years old, I think. I mean, I was playing Mario on the NES like when I was very young. And so I do understand that, you know, when you're young, it, this stuff is really exciting, it's new, it's fun and stuff like that. And I, I remember m- most of my life being uh, one of those kids that just love to play video games. So don't get me wrong, uh, Fortnite, uh, I do enjoy playing it, but this was a little weird. Uh, so what I was doing is I was pondering about this and thinking about this and trying to analyze it. So basically, what does this mean for the player? Uh, you'll begin to see more of these tactics being used in current and future games. This will become a new standard in the video game industry as long as it works. Of course, this has actually been in practice for a while now with some gaming companies advertising products in sports and action games for household products like Gatorade and Monster Energy drinks. So uh, how, does this, how does it affect you? Uh, by willingly collecting these items, digital junk, and in my opinion, you are filling your word with digital baggage, just like in the way a hoarder collects and fills their house with junk and useless items. You become infused in the idea that you need these things to validate your video game playing to yourself and to others as well on these social platforms. So how is this done? By creating a ranking system in the game. Now, this adds more reasons for the player to keep playing the game. Let's say you just reached level 30 and your friend is at level 47. You can feel as if you're not doing your job right or to showcase your stats in the game as a good player. These level hikes eventually pay you out a prize to keep you uh, wanting more and to level up as fast as possible due to limitations. Now, in Fortnite, they call these limitations seasons. These seasons are a time-sensitive base structure created to give the player a so-called deadline to achieve the acquired prize before the season actually ends. Now, by creating these deadlines, every character or player starts at the same advantage on a new season, and therefore it's a race to get to the best prizes and to become decorated for your hard work. So everybody starts off the same when the season starts. They have these seasons. And when the season begins, everybody starts... At the, at, at the bottom and you work your way up so basically you have to level up and level up you get more items and I think these uh, these seasons when you participate into them I, I paid like $10 to, to play a season so you give them 10 bucks and now basically every time you gain a level you get a new item whether it's a skin whether it's a uh, maybe like they call these things gliders or whatever you follow this guy and the guy has a different glider uh, you know, different effects and different little, you know, eye candy, basically. Thing, things that kind of just look cool in the game and all that. Uh, or dance moves and things like that. But uh, for players that are not as good with this, it can be a disadvantage to get these items. So as they will be less decorated as their better peers and may feel left out in the game. Now, this may put the player in a sense of self-deprivation and may make them feel less important than the other higher-ranking members thus creating a misbalance in the player's mind that leads them to think of unfair and jealous thoughts to the opposing players. Now, you may even dance on your eliminated peer after defeating them to, humi- to basically humiliate them in very unique ways as well, creating a chain reaction of high emotions such as anger amongst one another for revenge in the same way. 
So basically, like, you can actually dance on the remains of the person you defeated. Basically, like, these, uh, you know, dances where the guy hops up and down or kicks his foot or whatever. It's like a dance. Or you can, like, do, like, a different maneuver. Like, uh, there's one that sounds like a donkey and the person's laughing or something like that. And uh, they kind of use these things to taunt the other player. Kind of like as if, if you remember back in the day when Halo was a really big game, they had these, this thing called teabagging where the opponent would stand over the, uh, the guy they just defeated or shot or killed or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. They would crouch down and make it look like they're sticking their your private parts in your face. And they call that teabagging. So if you put the two together, you can kind of imagine what it looks like. Uh, and this is something that is basically like, ha, I gotcha, you know, basically kind of thing. And so uh, you can actually win these different moves and dances and things like that. It's just like in a more advanced version of it. Uh, so basically people can pull those maneuvers and they actually do have a uh, little, uh, what do you call challenges? And they actually challenge you to do these things. And once you do those, you actually get more experience, you get more experience points. And with the more experience points, the more you can uh, level up faster as well. So they kind of encourage you to do it in the game as well. But this is where the problem gets worse. If you give in a temptation, you can buy your way to the top. Now, paying for progression seems to be a trend in these games that I have seen from time to time. Basically, peers who, have, uh, who are decorated but not as good at the game as, let's say, that I am or something. So paying for these tier, levels, tier level ups is one thing that gives, or one thing that you can do, and it's easy as long as you have money to do it. So the idea implements the player can pay their way for advantages in otherwise unfair manner. So basically, uh, let's say Call of Duty, for instance. I'll just try a different game for a minute. Uh, they actually have uh, different perks that you can uh, get, and you unlock these as long as you level up in the game. And these perks eventually make you better at the game. So instead of making the game more difficult, like as if you're going to play a game like, let's say, like uh, Ninja Gaiden or Mario or something like that, some NES game, you know, they're a lot more difficult the further you go along. So the difficulty actually increases. But uh, when you get these perks, unlock these perks, and you can actually buy these now, you can actually buy these perks in the game and make it easier for you, the game then actually gets easier. So the the disadvantage is on the new player. The new player actually has to work their way up to become more powerful. So it's kind of like a reverse thing, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, like I said, if you put money into it, you can do it faster, you can gain it faster, or you could just all together just have all the good stuff right away. So why is this bad? Uh, in my opinion, by paying for advantages, the player can then find a loophole in the game that gives them all the goods and all the glory without the hassle of doing the work involved in getting it. So this eventually tells a player that it's okay to pay your way to the top, and, and the best part of it is that no one needs to know about it. Uh, I call it digital baggage without the hassle. Uh, this, with my professional opinion of playing games, like I said, for 30 years, can become a uh, addictive behavior in video gaming, much more than what I was accustomed to when I was a young game player back in the early 90s. So what is the consequences of digital baggage? Uh, like I said, uh, in my opinion, a false sense of being, uh, especially a disappointment when the season is over. Uh, once you have reached a level 100 in Fortnite, the game actually stops giving you re uh, rewards. You can still level up. Uh, I've e actually even seen people like up to like 200 or 300, but you don't get any rewards after that. As far as I know, I haven't gone actually too far into it, but uh, the season rewards stop at 100 as far as I know. Then once you have everything, what's next, you know? 
too many options can actually be overwhelming for some people. Like, what do you do with all this junk? What do you do with all these items and these things once you actually acquire them? Or, in fact, no real use for these items in any way. They're digital, you know? Maybe more research needs to be done to conclude before we really understand what this is. We still don't really understand the full consequences of video game addiction, let alone the idea of digital baggage. So what do I do with this? It's digital. It really does not concern me in the real world. So once you get all these items, like I said, you acquire them in your stash or whatever, your, basically where you can decorate your character and stuff. And in this version of Fortnite, uh, I started playing. I actually uh, went up, like I think, like 10 or 15 levels before I actually even paid for the... Uh, for the, uh, what do you call, the season pass. And one of, the, actually the main reason I wanted to do this was because when you first start Fortnite, they don't give you a character option. So basically, when you first start, you can be a random character, either a dude or a, or a girl, and uh, they don't give you any options. So you're randomly just these random characters at the beginning. So I, I wanted a different character that I could have the same every time, you know, just something to express my character, you know, because they give you no identity at the beginning. So basically, I, I fell into the temptation. I, I paid the $10, and I got this banana character. He's like this banana. I, I guess I call him Mr. Peely. And Mr. Peely is in like this uh, James Bond uniform. So I started playing as his character, as this Mr. Peely guy. And so I basically had this one character that I put a lot of time in. Well, you don't really level up the actual character. It's just cosmetic, like I said. But uh, I, I put in m most of my gaming hours as this particular character, this Mr. Peely character. So that was one of the main reasons why I did it. I thought the character was funny looking, so I thought, you know, a dancing banana, that's kind of funny. So uh, that's, that's why I paid for it. And then so on after that, I actually got more characters. Uh, the characters, though, that they offered, I didn't think were as funny or as unique as the banana. I just kind of kept as a banana. But there is one at the very, very end. It's this guy who can turn things into gold. Like, I guess he can turn his weapons into gold at the very end. And everybody is actually that character. And I remember actually playing a game. We were playing this operations mode where you have two teams, and you basically kind of fight it out until you hit a certain number, and then whoever has the highest number wins. Some kid's like, oh, go after the guy that can turn guns into gold. He's, he's the best character. So the kids obviously know that the best character is the last guy you get in the seasons. So, uh, you know, this is kind of uh, the way that it's structured. So the more decorated you are, the more... Uh, Technically, you should be better at the game. But uh, sidetracking, let's go back to the article here. Uh, so what do we know about hoarding? Uh, basically, that by being, by definition, a hoarder, one who hoards things in real life. So can be determined to one's psyche and eventually could destroy that person in every way possible. If you've ever seen the show Hoarders, you could see that uh, hoarding and collecting these things can really ruin one, one's life, and uh, especially with, uh, you know, not really caring and just uh, kind of having all this stuff around and garbage and things like that. Just just watch a show. It's pretty, pretty mind-blowing. But, but uh, video game hoarding, whoever heard of such a thing? So is there such a thing as video game hoarding, I was actually thinking? Uh, that might be an interesting topic just to expand on video game hoarding. Is that possible? Is that even a thing? I do know, though, that when people pay for these seasons, it can be addicting to collect these things. Uh, I, I would imagine. That's why people keep playing, and that's why they keep putting money into it. But with that, we have to start with the basics of video game addiction, especially for those who have experienced trauma in the distant past. 
And uh, I, ha- I actually know a few people that are really, really into video games. I mean, I'm talking like they, they should be in the category of video, video game addiction. That's all they do. They, they play games all day. Uh, they, they literally don't take a break from it. That's all they ever do. In fact, they, I think they even found ways to even make careers out of playing games or maybe even programming or something like that. So, uh, and, and I know that uh, a couple of these people actually have had trauma in the past. Uh, some bad things happened to them. So, uh, they, again, uh, I even read online that there isn't really even enough research out there right now done on video game addiction. So uh, it's still something that we're still kind of quite not sure what's happening. And not just video games, and I'm not blaming video games. Uh, The addiction could be in anything. I mean, addiction can be a way vast amount of different things you can be addicted to. I mean, even social media is now an addictive behavior. I mean, if you ever see kids on their phones, more than likely they're on Instagram or Facebook and stuff like that. So who are we to blame this problem on? Now, I don't necessarily blame anybody but social media can be a major impact on us not just the video games like I said Facebook is also solely responsible for changing the way we socialize and do things in this new digital world so incorporating many addicting games for the phone and tablet by relaying new trends or new fashions and things only takes what's most private to you which is your privacy so basically for what you might say that something that's free by the way it's not it's not free So again, a lot of these companies actually take a lot of this information, especially free services and things like that. They uh, basically look into what you're into. Uh, They they, they look into like all the things that you take pictures of. Uh, I don't know, maybe robots do it. I I really don't know. Uh, Or, you know, uh, computer bots or something like that. And they can analyze this information and they can then turn it into information to sell you products or push products. And you know, that's kind of the whole idea of capitalism. I mean, of course, if you're into certain things, like, for instance, I'm into synthesizers and music and things like that, I like getting, uh, you know, like a booklet from Sweetwater or from Guitar Center and stuff like that. That's really interesting to me, especially since I like to create things. So, but I do notice, though, that if I'm just in my living room, and this is the funny thing, and I'm just talking about certain things, like, I'm like, oh, you know, I like this one new synthesizer. It's really cool and stuff. Uh, Magically... I will hop on my phone and I'll be like on a, you know, the internet or something like that. And I, and I see, start seeing lots of advertisements for these things. Uh, and it doesn't matter what I'm talking about. It could be any kind of subject or anything like that. I, then I do see things that are tailored to what I have actually been thinking about or saying. And basically probably what I'm saying. Because these phones are on all the time. And they have, you know, of course, if you're using a phone, it's got a microphone on it. You know, so you can talk to people on, people on the other end. And so those things might be happening in the background when you don't even know it. So things like Alexa and all these things you put in your house and stuff like that, I I honestly think that people that put that in their house, I don't know, unless, you know, you 100% don't care about your privacy and things like that or you don't mind, you know, the exposure to all these things and stuff, then, you know, good for you. But I, I would think you're crazy for putting those things in your house, especially if you got children, you know, because kids don't really understand the effects of advertising, especially when they're young, you know. Uh, they just think everything's fun and all that. So, like, when I was a kid in the 90s, I remember seeing a lot of cartoons for toys and things like that. Of course, I watched a lot of Nickelodeon and things like that. So uh, everything that they had on there, I wanted, you know, I wanted all these toys and all these different things. Or uh, I remember when uh, Macaulay Culkin in the uh, Home Alone 2 uh, movie had the uh, Talk Boy. I wanted that thing so bad, and I ended up getting it for my birthday. So 
uh, those are little things that they can do, and uh, you know, once you know about it, it's hard not to. But uh, well, one might say just turn the game off, right? You could just turn the game off, and everybody has free will. They could just turn the game off, and they could go go do something else. But for someone who keeps putting that last dollar into the fun machine, it's a you know, it's an easy thing to project on someone who's actually addicted to video games. And they say about two, two billion, sorry, two billion people play games on this planet and two to three percent what they think are addicted. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's higher. Uh, that, that's what I think. But for now, to, you know, to conclude this, or the one thing that's for sure, we, we have a new horizon ahead of us and it's the future. And the future is still uncertain right now, so we don't really know all the answers, and we don't know all these things, and you know, maybe if uh, you know, there's research that can conclude these things, but even then, you know, research can still be concluded to not really know everything. Just like as if somebody might not be willing to put you know, that information out there, you know, again, privacy and free will, it's up to the person. So uh, it's one of those things that, you know, it's, it's gonna be hard to prove, you know, uh, overall, it's just a theory. Like I said, it's my thesis, uh, and I I kind of thought it was interesting, something that I uh, worked on just to kind of like you know fill the time right now. So uh, if you think it's interesting, let me know. Uh, I also put links in my article that go to my uh, Discord and uh, my uh, Life in Space podcast on SoundCloud and all that. Uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, think about it. You know, well, what do you think? You know, uh, is this something that's something we really need to be concerned about? I know I, I don't have any kids or anything, but the parents that do have kids and stuff like that, maybe it's a good idea that they limit them on these things because, like I said, playing games all day long, it could, uh, it could be one of those uh, side activities that turns into more of a lifestyle rather than, you know, just a hobby or something like that. And, uh, like, again, I, I remember when I was younger, I would, you know, yell and scream to play video games. You know, I wanted to play games all day long, and I could. I definitely could. Uh, you know, I do remember spending a majority of my childhood playing games and stuff like that. But today, it's like a whole new thing, man. I mean, to go online and, that, you know, these games have so many different options, so many different things you can do, so many customizations. And now, like I said, with this free, uh, free platform and pay-to-play type thing, if you enjoy the game, you basically think like, oh, well, if I give them $10, it's like I'm kind of enjoying the game. I get, I get these cool like looks and uh, characters and stuff like that, which is cool and everything, you know. But at least for me, I know when to stop. Uh, somebody might not know when to stop, and that's kind of the question, you know, and are these in any sense creating any kind of like digital baggage for people that play them? Now, of course, if you're playing a lot of games and you're, you know, you are addicted and stuff like that, then maybe it does. It does, you know, it, it can affect your mood, your attitude, and your psyche and things like that, uh, in my opinion. Uh, you know, especially when you're ignoring people and all you're doing is, you know, that specific thing. But uh, just something that, you know, it's interesting to talk about. I know there's a big debate about this on the internet, you know, whether or not this is actually something that's you know, real or not, or if you, you know, if you play games, you're like, hey, man, don't tell me what to do. I like to play games, and that's my business and stuff, but uh, it's just, it's just something interesting, you know, something that's, you know, interesting to talk about. These are just things that, you know, the human mind wants to figure out, uh, I assume, maybe not everybody, but uh, I just thought it was an interesting topic to touch on, uh, and, you know, um, I do notice a lot of these trends actually coming up in games that are AAA title games too. 
Like, uh, I just uh, uh, started playing this uh, Call of Duty game again. Uh, and I did pay, I think I paid like 49 bucks for it. You know, it's normally a $59 game. And uh, they do implement the same system as uh, Fortnite, but it's not a free game. You actually have to pay to get into the initial game, and then there's those extras in there. So how far is too far when it comes to a game that you've, you've paid you know, a full price for, and then now they implement that in there. So do you think that's fair? Is that something that's fair to do with the game, uh, especially if it's a you know, more expensive game or if it's a game that you actually have to invest uh, a high ticket price to get into, and then that's kind of the treatment that you get. But, or should everything just be a free platform and you pay as you go? But in my opinion, if it's free, it's not really free. So uh, there's obviously some sort of catch to it. And I do know they're actually probably going to release like a, because when you load Fortnite up, it actually says it's in beta mode still. I don't even know how that's possible, but Minecraft has always been in beta mode. You know, it's never actually been like a, real honest release they always have like this beta version or whatever that they're talking about and uh they they might be in the works as far as i think uh there might be a Fortnite 2 coming soon and that might be sometime in just my thinking it might be sometime this year or next year but i i think i saw some uh some works of talking about that so there might actually be a second version of it and that might be like the official release of it but you know, like I said, you know, a lot of these games are implementing these uh, tactics, and I just started noticing that, you know, not not every game you get has these techniques implemented into them. I noticed that a lot of Nintendo games try to st stray away from these kind of tactics, but uh, since Fortnite is available for the Switch, that kind of allows those games to come in. But uh, if, if you're actually in, into Nintendo, a lot of their actual Nintendo platform-only games a lot of them don't have these features. In fact, if you buy the game, then you basically get those uh, things all included in the game. So if you level up and things like that, it's already a given because you bought the game, I guess. But, you know, they've done these things in the past also. Like, I do know that uh, The Sims, they were doing these things, expansion packs. I talked about this on the last podcast, but they, have, they had expansion packs back in the day where basically it was kind of like the same thing in a sense, but it was like half the price of what the game normally was, or maybe like, you know, like a, a third or whatever. Uh, and you would get more content in the game and things like that, like things that they added later or, you know, wanted to put in the game or, you know, just didn't have time to, or, you know, basically uh, kept doing those things. Like I, I remember the Sims, they have probably had about like eight, eight different expansions. So, you know, who's to say when is the right time to do that or when is you know the point where they do that? Maybe too much. But uh, this just seems to be the new way to do it because nobody has really physical platforms anymore. Everything is done on, you know, hard drives and digital media and stuff like that. So everything kind of comes off the internet now. But... Uh, everything is getting faster and quicker and just this is one of the things that I noticed that was kind of coming up so anyway I just thought I'd mention it in my article and everything like I said uh, you can always go to my discord or SoundCloud just search audio surgeon uh, YouTube everything I'm I'm out there so uh, if you agree let me know uh, you know talk about it maybe uh, pass it on to your friends tell them about it you know, it's it's always cool to, you know, just kind of discuss things and uh, talk about real life, just, you know, real life things and whatnot. So, uh, again, uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you made it all the way the, to the end of this podcast, uh, sometimes I have like a code at the end of the podcast. If you 
respond to this code. I'll know that you listened to the very end of the podcast. And uh, so if you listen, Mr. Peely, uh, that's the character that's on the front of my article, Mr. Peely. If you respond back with that, I'll know that you listened to the whole podcast, you enjoyed it, and uh, thank you for your time. Anyway, this is Audio Surgeon with a kind of a different podcast, and maybe, like I said, we'll do more of these types of podcasts in the future, talking about just life things and whatnot, interesting things. I thought it was interesting, so... We'll go ahead and see if we can find a little tune to play us out, and we'll get out of here, and uh, we'll see you on the next podcast. So in the meantime, uh, enjoy life in space and uh, have fun. So we'll uh, go ahead and play you out. So thank you for listening. All right, bye.